Here's what's coming up on today's show. But if you haven't started or you think you're a little behind, well, then just kind of, you know, figure out what those gaps are and then just make the right choices going forward. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. It's the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart and myself talking investing, finance, and retirement. And we're going to do a little pop quiz. You know, I can never think about pop quiz anymore without the movie Speed and, and Dennis Hopper <laughs> and pop quiz hotshot. Uh, so uh, don't turn the don't turn the dial off. Uh, you know, I know people hated that term. You know, as kids in school or whatever. But we got a little fun retirement uh, preparedness quiz, I suppose. And uh, we're just going to see. You know, Mike chime in with his answers, uh, play along with us, see how you do. Uh, all that good kind of stuff. And of course, with all, any of these things, Mike, you could always just say it depends on every answer. But uh, we're gonna it's multiple choice, so we're gonna make it easy on you. So how you doing, my friend? You doing all right? I'm doing great. Middle summer, everything's heating up around here. Business is good. You know, can't yeah. say the same thing about the markets or the economy, yeah, well, but in general, life is good. There you go. There you go. Uh, did you do well with quizzes in school? Uh, I did get degrees. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. I passed. Um, yeah. No. Well, you know, it's one of those things, right, where sometimes people kind of, you know, panic about these, but these can also be a little fun, too. So sharpen your pencils, play along with us, whatever the case is. It's only five questions, pretty easy. And again, it's multiple choice, but they could be important. And and Mike, once you kind of, you can go through these however you'd like, you can tackle, you can give us your best answer uh, from the multiple choice. And then if you want to dissect them a little bit, you know, feel free, all that good kind of stuff. But before we get into it, as I usually do, I bring up some sort of a topic or whatever. And so I wanted to ask you about uh, the CNBC article about recession. Now, likely this is like just two weeks after I think Yellen said that it was not, you know, inevitable. So what do we do with this? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that just kind of builds on, you know, I think a couple of shows ago, we were talking about Jamie Dimon on one week saying, you know, there was just storm clouds, not a hurricane. That's and right. then, you know, a week later, it's a hurricane, you know, brace for the storm kind of thing. And so the thing is, yeah, this that CNBC article came out and said that a U.S. recession looks likely. And there's really, you know, three main drivers of this. And this is things that we've been talking about all year. So, you know, everybody who's been listening, loyal listening to the show has heard these things. You've got rising gas prices, right? That's There's only so many dollars. And if, you know, an extra 50% more cost to fill up your tank than it did, say, six months ago, well, then the reality is those are less dollars going into something else. On the other side, you're also looking at the Fed aggressively hiking interest rates. You know, they did a half percent. They did a, a three-quarter percent. You know, here in July, we're anticipating at least another three-quarter percent. They said they're going to continue to raise throughout the year. And what that does is when the Fed raises interest rates, it slows down the economy, right? Because the cost of capital, cost of loans, everything else is significantly more expensive. I mean, I just saw an article recently, you know, the 30-year mortgage had gone from about 3% at the beginning of the year, and it tipped off at around 6%. It's pulled back a little bit, but basically it's almost doubled. So that's going to put some pressure on the housing market. And, you know, the thing is the Fed has been raising interest rates into what was already a slowing economy. The economy was already still healthy, but begin this year was already slowing because all the effects of all the stimulus the last couple of years were starting to kind of sugar high, kind of wear off. So the economy is already slowing. And that's why you've seen pressures in not only the, the bond market, but the stock market. And now you're starting to see some cracks in the economy. You know, So some people are saying, you know, we might actually already be in a recession. A recession is 
you know, two quarters of back-to-back negative economic growth, negative GDP growth. You know, the Fed says they're going to try to, you know, engineer a soft landing. Uh, and that's never really happened before. So, you know, good luck to them on that. But the reality is that if we're not in a recession, chances are with all of these things that are coming down the pipeline, and we're not going to feel them for the next few months, the economy is going to slow. We are going to go into a recession. And, you know, there's things we can do to protect ourselves, but you got to kind of know what you're doing in the process. So kind of, you know, get a grip, hold tight and, you know, don't make any, you know, emotional changes. Just make sure you're making the right choices for for yourself, knowing the kind of economic environment that we're in. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, there's so much stuff to digest, right? Every day we're getting hammered with all these different sides of the coin. So it's certainly important to to go through these processes and work yourself through some stuff. And, and it kind of ties in with our quiz, right? So play along and and see if, uh, you know, how you do on this. And then maybe that'll help you decide, okay, I should maybe talk to somebody or, uh, or re-talk to somebody. If you've already got a plan in place, maybe it's just getting a second opinion or just making sure things are going uh, the way you thought they would or, or hope that they're going the way that you thought they would. So uh, let's jump in and tackle this, shall we? Absolutely. All right. So can you get an A on our retirement planning quiz? Let's go. Uh, Number one, Mike, at what age should people start saving for retirement? A, when you begin working. B, after you buy your first home. Or C, once you've paid off all your debt. Whenever clients, and this is, you know, somebody could be 20, 30 years old, or they could be 70 years old. And when they ask something like that, you know, how much should I save? When should I start? I just think of that Chinese proverb that, you know, best time to plant a tree was yesterday, right? You know, the second best time is today. You know, so if you haven't been a good saver, you know, your life, life's happened, got in the way, well, then just put a plan together to start today, you know, as far as so you'll know what your catch up is, find out where your gaps are and move forward. Ideally, maybe you started in the past. And then now what you've done is you let time do the heavy lifting by compounding and things. Because one of the things, you know, with a lot of our clients, they're good savers, you know, they've done well for themselves, but we talk to their kids and their grandkids uh, when they first get their first jobs or they come out of college, and we start to show them how saving a little today is going to make it so much easier for them just with compounding and time over time. You know, so let time be your friend and take care of it because what's going to happen, and we've all been there, you know, with families and kids and these things is life happens somewhere in the middle. So now maybe you can't save as much as you wanted to in your 30s and your 40s because the money's getting directed someplace else. So the sooner you can start, the better that it is. But if you haven't started or you think you're a little behind, well, then just kind of, you know, figure out what those gaps are and then just make the right choices going forward. Yeah. Yeah. You could maybe make the argument for after you bought your first home, maybe, you know, maybe if it was 30 years ago or something, but <laughs> people are, uh, and nowadays, you know, young people can't really, or have trouble buying homes because they're so priced out right now. So probably not a good one. And then of course there's always going to be debt, right? When you paid off all your debts, it's kind of silly because there's always something. Life's always got something for us. So agree. Uh, all right. Number two, which of these is the best estimate, Mike, of how much income to your point You'll need in retirement, A, 50% of current income, B, 85% of current income, C, 100% of current income, or D, none of the above. Yeah, I would, I would technically start with D. And I'll, I'll tell you kind of how we do it in our practices. When somebody comes in, we don't say, hey, here's your budget. Nobody likes to budget. We call them spending plans, right? So uh, they basically would say, you know, I don't want you to take this sheet and go and say, hey, my cable bill is this. And, you know, my quarterly bill is this. And, you know, here's what I'm sending in here. I mean, that's great. That's a good exercise just for you to know where the money's going. Where we start with most clients that are either approaching retirement or five to 10 years away, we say, okay, based on your lifestyle, two things. One, what are you living on now? And that means that let's say you get paid every two weeks, you get taken home $3,000, you know, after taxes, after 401k contributions, all these kind of things. So that's $6,000 a month net of taxes and all these other things. 
So that means you need about $72,000 a year to continue to live the exact same lifestyle you're doing right now. Then we can kind of reverse engineer and say, okay, what's Social Security going to pay? How much income can we get off our investments? Are there any pensions? That allows us to then say, you can have the exact same lifestyle in retirement that you do when you're working, right? Because most people don't have this big dream to live on less income in retirement or live a diminished retirement just because you know work has stopped. You know, in most instances, sometimes they need a little bit more money because they want to travel, they want to volunteer. There's a variety of other things they want to do. The second question that we come up there is, what bills are going to go away either early in retirement or as you approach? So example, are we no longer going to have principal and interest on the mortgage payments? That's going to go away. If we paid off the, the car, the student loans, these kind of things. So now you might actually even need less income, not because it's some arbitrary, do you need 50 or 85% or 100% of your income, rather because your cash flow needs have changed because certain expenses have gone away. So we do a bottom-up analysis. What are you living on currently after all your expenses and after you know your benefits and your taxes? And then can we generate from all your sources that same level of income so you can enjoy the same income in retirement that you currently are? All right. So there you go. So yeah, 85 is that kind of standard number, right, Mike? That's the one we heard or we've heard many years. Well, you only need about 85 because you're making less, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one I think people, when you're going through this, you might have, your mind might have said, oh yeah, that's the one because I've heard that. But you know, everybody's got a little bit of different scenario, and I like the way you broke that down for folks. So, good job. You're doing well on this pop quiz. Hey, we're not done yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, who knew, right? It's a big surprise. Uh, just teasing. All right, number three. Which of these do you find that retirees fear the most? This is going to be pretty easy. A, not leaving enough to the kids. B, running out of money. Or C, nursing home care. Yeah, it's really a combination of A, B, and C, but they all center around B, which is running out of money before you run out of life. Every time on the show and in our radio show and in the books and all this stuff, we say income is the outcome in retirement. That is the whole goal for why you've been working, you've been saving, you finally get to retirement. And the last thing you want to do is be sweating out, looking at your retirement accounts, almost like it's a gas gauge going to empty, right? And that's where income comes in, making sure you've got enough income to last you. Because if you're truly getting income, and for us, it's in the form of interest and dividends, But if you're truly getting enough income from your social security and your investment accounts where you're not cannibalizing principal, guess what? A takes care of itself because if you're not blowing through the principal, you're going to leave that legacy to the kids or the grandkids of the church. If you have enough income, then even if you did need some sort of healthcare event like long-term care or home-based healthcare, then your income is going to be able to cover that. So the expense of the nursing home care is mitigated as well. So running out of money is always the number one fear. Years ago, it was, you know, death was not knocking at your door was the biggest concern. Now, because people are living longer, because pensions are going away, the onus of saving is on you, the individual, then running out of money is the number one concern out there. All right. There you go. So that's the answer to three. How are you guys doing? Are you playing along? Of course, Mike is crushing this as we expected him to. Uh, are you doing well? So if you are not, then certainly maybe a good time to ponder you know, having a second opinion or talking with somebody if you're not already working with Mike at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. So just ponder that as well. Number four here, my friend, uh, which of these examples best represents a diversified retirement plan? A, a mix of 60% stocks and 40% bonds. B, three rental homes in different neighborhoods along with a good amount of cash in the bank. C, 10 to 12 different mutual funds or D, none of the above. Yeah, depending on your individual circumstance, it could be A, B, or C, but I'm going to go with that default answer of D. So it's basically your positioning and your allocation of assets 
should be based on, it sounds like a broken record here, but to generate lifetime of income for you. And that's lifetime of income that's independent of the stock market. So the market shouldn't have to go up four out of five years in order for you to safely retire or generate the income that you need. You know, so for us at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, it's let's say you got a million dollars of you know retirement savings and you need forty thousand dollars of supplemental income, you know, to go along with your Social Security and everything else. Well, then you need about a four percent income yield, or and this could come in the form of dividend paying stocks, it could come form of preferreds or bonds, whatever that source is, mm-hmm. it could even be real estate. But it's all going to come from interest and dividends. In my book, I call it "Eat the Eggs, Not the Chickens." And what that is is, you know, spend the interest and dividends. You now have permission to spend. So for some, that might be a 60-40 stock bond mix. For others, it might be real estate. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to cash flow. Is the income that you're generating in retirement is it truly income? Meaning it replaces itself every year in the form of interest and dividends. It doesn't have to rely on the stock market only going up for you to have a comfortable retirement. All right. So final question here on the pop quiz to make sure you don't run out of money in retirement, only withdraw. Oh, you were talking about this blank percent from your portfolio each year. A, 1%, B, 4%, C, 6%, or D, find a different strategy altogether. Yeah, it goes back to cash flow, right? So the percent, we have some clients that can take out 5% because that's the cash flow on their portfolio, some 3.5% because they're more positioned for growth. It's really going to come down to taking a look at what you own, why you own it, taking the amount of risk you're comfortable with, and making sure that an income plan isn't crossing your fingers and toes hoping the market goes up. An income plan is looking on your statement in that far right yield column and saying, if I don't change anything, doesn't matter if the market goes up 10% or down 10%, if I don't change anything, do I have enough cash flow coming into my portfolio to meet all of my income needs? So for some, that might be 2%. For some, it might be 5%. But really, the allocation and how much risk you are taking or not taking has got to come down to the cash flow being generated off your portfolio. So you're not cannibalizing principal. You're actually just spending a renewable resource, which is interest and dividends. All right. Well, great job on the pop quiz, Mike. And thanks for playing along with us, folks. Hopefully you did well. Uh, also, and again, if you, you didn't, or you just have some questions in general about some of these things or about retirement success as it is, then reach out to Mike and get started with that blueprint of your own. Now you can subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so as well by simply going to whatever app you like using Apple, Google, Spotify, so on and so forth. Or you can find all that information at his website, which is crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. And while you're there, you might want to drop an email to the podcast as well. Ask a question if you'd like, and that's what we're going to do right now. We've got June in Chicago, and she says, Mike, I am a federal employee. I have a nice pension when I retire next year, or I'll have one. Uh, But I'm wondering about the money in the TSP. Should I keep it invested there or move it someplace else? Yeah, this is a great question. And and I hear the same thing about 401ks and 403bs and 457 plans, all these types, all of those things. And a TSP, for those of you that don't know, is a thrift savings plan. It's the government's equivalent of a 401k. So as I said, some people have 457s, 401ks, 403bs, or TSPs. I love the TSPs for accumulating money. And the reason why is the government has kept it simple. Instead of giving you this barrage of, hey, choose between these 30 or 50 mutual funds that you know nothing about, they say, basically, you know, we've got five choices for you. A G fund, which is a government fund, an F fund, which is like a fixed income bond fund, an S fund, which is small caps, 
a C fund, which is common stocks like the S&P 500, and an I fund for international. So you got about five, maybe six investment options, all very simple. Do you want to participate in the stock or bond market or do you not? Just put your percentages accordingly. So they just keep it simple. And that's great when you're accumulating assets, when you're 20, 30, 40, even early 50s, because the goal here, June, is just to accumulate more because you're young and you're 10, 20, 30 years away from retirement. Now, once you get to retirement, congratulations on the pension and the long career. But when you get to retirement, things change now. It's no longer about just accumulating assets. It's how do I protect them? How do I generate income off of them, either for now or in the future? And what happens now is the TSP, and I dare I say even things like 401ks and 457s and 403bs, they don't do a really good job of this. All those accounts are designed as an employee benefit to accumulate assets Mm -hmm. in market growth over time with a little couple fixed income options in there. The reality, June, in this case is you you typically will roll it over into an individual retirement account, still stays tax deferred for you. But the reason is now the world is your oyster as far as the whole universe of investment choices. You can get as aggressive or as conservative as you want, including putting things in you know bank CDs within the IRA or being crazy aggressive and buying you know emerging market mutual funds, whatever you want to do. The key thing is it now gives you flexibility that instead of just having like five choices you now have the opportunity to work with an advisor or yourself and customize the portfolio that makes sense for your retirement since you're no longer just in the accumulation phase, you're more in the distribution phase. So congratulations to you, June. If you need help with that, happy to walk you through what those different choices are. All right, folks. Well, as always, thank you so much for your time here on the podcast. We appreciate it. Again, consider reaching out to Mike at crystallaketax.com if you've got questions or concerns, need some help. crystallaketax.com. He is the founder of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. You can subscribe to us on whatever podcasting platform you like to use, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, as I mentioned earlier. You can just type in Retirement Success Blueprint in the box or just go to the website. He's got two decades plus of experience as a financial planner. And as always, we appreciate his time here on the podcast. Thank you, my friend, for hanging out. I hope you have a great week. Yourself as well. We're going to try. We'll see you next time right here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are associated entities.